Greetings, friends. Welcome back to the broadcast. I'm Sean, your host. The website is www.scriptureandprophecy.com. That's where you go to find the archives. That's where you go to support this mission of truth. Today we are looking at Psalm 92 and 93. We're looking to get some wisdom and some encouragement this morning to start our week. We're also going to be finishing off the Proverbs uh, with Proverb chapter 31 which will actually be the second time in this series that we've worked all the way through the Proverbs. And uh, what I'm thinking for starting next week is to start doing some of the epistles uh, alongside the Psalms as we continue our Mondays to look for wisdom and encouragement, uh, probably starting with the epistle of 1 John. And so that's probably uh, how that's going to play out. Uh, but today, Proverbs 92 and 93, or I'm sorry, Psalm 92 and 93, and Proverbs 31. Without further delay, let's dig in. I'll be reading from the King James Bible. Psalm 92 is 15 verses, and Psalm 93 is only 5 verses, so only 20 verses total uh, for our Psalms today. Let's have a look. Psalm 92, a psalm or song for the Sabbath day. It is a good thing to give thanks unto the Lord, and to sing praises unto thy name, O Most High, to show forth thy loving kindness in the morning, and thy faithfulness every night, upon an instrument of ten strings, and upon a psaltery, upon the harp, with a solemn sound. For thou, Lord, hast made me glad through thy work. I will triumph in the work of thy hands. O Lord, how great are thy works, and thy thoughts are very deep. A brutish man knoweth not, neither doth a fool understand this. When the wicked spring as the grass, and when all the workers of iniquity do flourish, it is they that shall be destroyed forever. But thou, Lord, art most high forevermore. For lo, thy enemies, O Lord, for lo, thy enemies shall perish, all the workers of iniquity shall be scattered. But my horn shall thou exalt like the horn of a unicorn. I shall be anointed with fresh oil. Mine eyes also shall see my desire on my enemies, and my ears shall hear my desire of the wicked that rise up against me. The righteous shall flourish like the palm tree. He shall grow like a cedar in Lebanon. Those to be planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God. They shall bring forth fruit in old age. They shall be fat and flourishing to show that the Lord is upright. He is my rock, and there is un no unrighteousness in him. All right, so that's Psalm 92. And I'll read, the last, I'll read Psalm 93 here in just a second. A couple things I just want to look at. You know, we often look at the, the wicked and we think, man, how is it that these people who are evil, beyond evil, they're wicked, they're, how is it that those, that so many of these who are in complete opposition to God seem to just prosper and, and life is just seems to be going well for them? That it doesn't seem to make sense. Verse 7 here, it says, When the wicked spring as the grass, and when the workers of iniquity do flourish. 
It is they that shall be destroyed forever. The scripture is reminding us, yeah, they might come forth like the grass. They, they might flourish. They might prosper. But their end is eternal destruction. They're flourishing. They're prospering. It's temporary. Where those who love God, those who have been planted, right? It says like a tree. It says those that be planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God. They shall still bring forth fruit in old age. I like that. Even as you're getting older, you're still going to do great things for the kingdom. They shall be fat and flourishing. Why? To show that the Lord is upright. He is my rock, and there is no unrighteousness in him. Also, we have this verse here. But my horn... Thou shalt exalt like the horn of a unicorn. I should be anointed with fresh oil. Do you know that that phrase unicorn, that word unicorn, which according to Strong's or Brown Diver Briggs is the word in Hebrew, re'em. Um, it shows up in a few different forms. Uh, but the definition according to Brown Driver's Briggs um, is probably the great... Aurochs or wild boars, or sorry, wild bulls, which are now extinct. The exact meaning, it says, is unknown. And of course, Strong's uh, says a wild bull, from its unconspicuousness, or unicorn. You know, I think it means unicorn. <laughs> That's what I think. You know, there's so many things that we think of mythological creatures that I think many of uh, existed during the time before the flood. I mean, after all, we had Nephilim, right? We had giants, six-fingered giants. So it's not hard for me to believe that there might have been some other creatures thousands of years ago that have gone and gone extinct and that a lot of the mythology comes from or is based in some type of reality like the dragon and um, you know those things are not hard for me to believe or hard for me to conceive because I don't worship modern science and modern history which is mostly made up history I look at what the history of the scriptures say you know, especially about the pre-flood world. Interestingly enough, there's uh, the the word is found nine times, um, according to Strong's, that it occurs nine times in the scriptures. And I have six verses that I found uh, which have the word unicorn in them. Just thought I would read them just for fun. So let me read those for you real quick. Six verses here. First is Numbers 23, 22. It says, God brought them out of Egypt. He hath, as it were, the strength of a unicorn. Numbers 20, by the way, Numbers, the book of Numbers is also where it talks about giants, right? Numbers 24, 8. God brought him forth out of Egypt, and he hath, as it were, the strength of a unicorn. He repeats that same thing. He shall eat up the nations, his enemies, and shall break their bones and pierce them through with his arrows. The book of Job mentions the unicorn twice. 
in both of them in chapter 39, verses 9 and verse 10. It says, Will the unicorn be willing to serve thee, or abide by thy crib? Verse 10 says, Canst thou bind the unicorn with his band in the furrow, or will he harrow the valleys after thee? So Job's being asked, Can you, do you have the power to, to bind this awesome thing, this unicorn? Psalm 29, 6 he maketh them to also he maketh them also to skip like a calf, Lebanon and Syrian like a young unicorn. Verse or and in the one we just read, Psalm ninety two verse ten. But my horn shall thou exalt like the horn of a unicorn. I shall be anointed with fresh oil. I think why they think it could be a some type of bull or this bull. Um, known as the aurochs or or wild bulls, which are now extinct, might be because of uh, Psalm ninety or twenty nine six, which says he maketh them also to skip like a calf, Lebanon and Syrian like a young unicorn. I don't think those two have to be connected. I think they could be talking about two completely different animals. So, but anyway, just for fun, I thought I would bring that up and. Uh, let you chew on that for a little while. Um, but that, if you're asking me, my opinion is it probably is talking about an actual unicorn. Some creature that maybe existed before our time. Not hard for me to believe. Alright, let's read these five verses from Psalm 93 real quick. And then we'll move on to our last Proverbs. Uh, out of the book of Proverbs. Psalm 93. The Lord reigneth. He is clothed with majesty. The Lord is clothed with strength, strength wherewith he hath girded himself. The world also is established, that it cannot be moved. Thy throne is established of old. Thou art from everlasting. The floods have lifted up, O Lord. The floods have lifted up their voice. The floods lift up their waves. The Lord on high is mightier than the noise of many waters, yea, than the mighty waters of the sea. Thy testimonies are very sure. Holiness becometh thy house, O Lord, forever. So that is Psalm 92 and Psalm 93. Let's wrap up our study. We've got 31 verses. Let's get some wisdom from the Proverbs. Proverbs 31. Let's begin. Verse 1. The words of the king, Lemuel, the prophecy that his mother taught him. What, my son, and what the son of my womb, and what the son of my vows? Give not thy strength unto women, nor thy ways to that which destroyeth kings. Is it not for kings, O Lamuel? It is not for kings to drink wine, nor for princes strong drink. Lest they drink and forget the law, and pervert the judgment of any of the afflicted. Give strong drink unto him that is ready to perish, and wine unto those that be of heavy hearts. Let him drink and forget his poverty, and remember his misery no more. Open thy mouth, for the dumb in the cause of all such are appointed to destruction. 
Open thy mouth, judge righteously, and plead the cause of the poor and needy. Who can find a virtuous woman? For her price is far above rubies. The heart of her husband doth safely trust in her, so that he shall have no need of spoil. She will do him good and not evil all the days of her life. She seeketh wool and flax and worketh willingly with her hands. She is like the merchant ship. She bringeth her food from afar. She rises also while it is yet night and giveth meat to her household and a portion to her maidens. She considereth a field and buyeth it with the fruit of her hands. She planteth a vineyard. She girdeth her loins with strength and strengthened her arms. She perceived that her merchandise is good, her candle goeth not out by night. She layeth her hands to the spindle, and her hands hold the distaff. She stretches out her hand to the poor, yea, she reaches forth her hands to the needy. She is not afraid of the snow for her household, for all her household are clothed with scarlet. She maketh herself coverings and tapestry, and her clothing is silk and purple. Her husband is known in the gates when he sitteth among the elders of the land. She maketh fine linen and selleth, and delivereth girdles unto the merchants. Strength and honor are her clothing, and she shall rejoice in the time to come. She openeth her mouth with wisdom, and in her tongue is the law of kindness. She looketh well to the ways of her household, and eateth not the bread of idleness. Her children rise up and call her blessed, her husband also, and he praises her. Many daughters have done virtuously, but thou excellest them all. Favor is deceitful, and beauty is vain, but a woman that feareth the Lord, she shall be praised. Give her of the fruit of her hands, and let her own works praise her in the gates. So if you didn't notice, Proverbs 31 is about, is a description of what the Bible calls a virtuous woman. It's about the cares. Here's the thing. What the scriptures call a virtuous woman, our culture today calls evil. Right? Many of the women of our culture today would scoff at these things that God says makes a woman virtuous. Let me just read these descriptions again. Because this is what God says a virtuous woman looks like. And I like that very last, or close to the last verse here. Favor is deceitful, right? Beauty is vain. But a woman that feareth the Lord, she shall be praised. Let's look at those traits of a virtuous woman real quick here, and then we'll wrap it up. Who can find a virtuous woman, it says, for her price is far above rubies. The heart of her husband does safely trust in her, so she shall ha- so he shall no need of spoil. She will do him good and not evil all the days of her life. She seeketh wool and flax and worketh willingly with her hands. So she's a hard worker. 
She's like the merchant ship. She bringeth her food from afar. She rises also while it is yet night. It's a description of the of this heart of the hard work of a virtuous woman. She's getting up early to take care of her family. Look at this. And giveth meat to her household and a portion to her maidens. She considereth the field and buyeth it with the fruit of her hands. She planteth a vineyard. She's smart business sense. She knows how to take care of her household, right? She girdeth her lions with strength and strengthen her arms. She perceiveth that her merchandise is good. Her candle goeth not out by night. She layeth her hands on the spindle, and her hands hold the distaff. She stretches out her hands to the poor. Yea, she reacheth forth her hands to the needy. A virtuous woman cares about the needs of others, specifically the poor. She is not afraid of the snow or for her household. All of her household are clothed with scarlet. She prepares, right? She's not afraid of when it gets cold and snowy. Why? Because she's prepared for that in advance. She maketh herself coverings of tapestry. Her clothing is silk and purple. Her husband is known in the gates when he sitteth among the elders of the land. She maketh fine linen and selleth it and delivereth girdles unto the merchants. Strength and honor are her clothing. And she shall rejoice in the time to come. She openeth her mouth with wisdom. And in her tongue is the law of kindness. My wife often tells me, if you, have the, if you have to choose between being right or being kind, choose being kind. She openeth her mouth with wisdom, and her tongue is the law of kindness. She looketh well at the ways of her household. She eateth not the bread of idleness. She's not lazy. She's not just sitting around doing nothing, right? Her children arise up and call her blessed. Her husband also, and he praises her. Many daughters have done virtuously, but thou excellest them all. Favor is deceitful. Beauty is vain. But a woman that feareth the Lord, she shall be praised. Give her the fruit of her hands, and let her own works praise her in the gates. The description of a virtuous woman. That is the end of our study this morning. I pray you've been blessed and encouraged and you've been given something to, to inspire you, um, to, to get your week started off on the right foot, to help you to draw ever more closely to our Lord. Thank you for supporting this podcast with your prayers, with your uh, contributions through PayPal, through the post office box, through... Patreon. Uh, you guys help make this possible every week, and I'm very, very grateful for this opportunity. So thank you for that. Uh, Lord willing, I'll be back with you again Wednesday, and again on Friday. We'll obviously do our prophets portion study for the week, and I'm leading towards. Since we're done with the Gospel of Luke, I'm leaning towards. A study in the book of Kings, first and second Kings. So that's what I'm leaning towards. Lord willing, we'll see how it shakes out by the end of this week. Peace and grace be with all of you. And until next time, God bless.